0: Best 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 welcome to your best bets Monday nights uh, another Monday night in the summer we got a few weeks to go here before the city tournament uh, we're kind of kind of getting into that. That's a time of the year where you can kind of feel in the air. We're past the 4th of July, midpoint of the summer. So we're kind of in countdown to city tournament mode here in Fort Wayne. So joining me tonight, Zach Fitzgerald, a man that was uh, scheduled to play a tournament over the weekend but did not. So he's only only one of the three of us that actually had that happen to him. Zach, it was unfortunate you weren't able to play in the Three Rivers Tournament this weekend, but you're still here tonight.
1: Yeah, um, I had entered, I think, on Thursday around the deadline and I had sent Trent a message just saying, hey, I need an early tea time because I have plans around three o'clock. And then, you know, I had a 918 tea time, which, you know, let's say a four and a half hour round that probably gets me done two thirty 30 ish and then gets me to where I need to be. And then the rain hit and there's an hour delay and I just it was kind of something that I had to get to. So uh, it was unfortunate, but hey, tournament still went on.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Johnny Strauser is here. Um, Johnny, how are you? Um, you know, you, before you came, before we went live, you just mentioned you had a long, hard day of doing yard work. So I'm glad you were able to make it.
2: Thank you. Yeah. You know, after working, a 80 some hour week, seven days in a row and missing out on that golf tournament and seeing all the rain come crashing down, um, you know, I'm not sure they always say, uh, uh, a bad day on the golf course is better than a good day at work. And uh, I think I would have even preferred to be, uh, be playing in the rain and then the elements and everything like that. So fortunately I couldn't play because of a work commitment, but uh, I'm looking forward to talking about some local golf and uh, you're right. City's coming up soon, man. And uh, I, I'm very, very excited and can't wait. uh can't wait till that gets here.
0: I was just telling Zach before we went live, I just finished a gauntlet of youth baseball from April until now. Both my boys were playing. Um, I think I had 37 games from the start of May till tonight. And we've kind of finished that. Lost in the championship game. Um, Really controversial in our league. A travel team was allowed to play in our, our league. Sparingly through the regular season and they allowed them entry into the postseason tournament and, uh, you know, they took us out in the, the best of three series. So I'm not sure why that happens, but um, parents weren't real thrilled with it. Um, the, when the adults get involved, it gets kind of ugly, uh, usually in youth sports, but uh, wrap up a good season at Wallen. And uh, it sounds like I might be doing fall ball there as well, so I might get like a month break, and we'll be back uh, playing wall oh. baseball for for a couple more months. So um, you guys can live vicariously through me. I'm sure you're jealous of that for sure.
2: That sounds like a real full
0: schedule there. Jesus, U Sports, we're are we got a heavy load here.
1: So they let a team that is a travel team play in uh, the league. That did not play a regular regular season schedule, just an intermittent regular season schedule.
0: So they allowed the team, yeah, the travel team. We played, they didn't play a full regular season. They they we played them a couple times to fill the schedule, which I had no problem with. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they introduced the postseason tournament early last week and they they showed them to be in the bracket and people lost their minds in our um our, our parent chat. And because we knew we didn't have a chance to, to beat them in the tournament, which is unfortunate. And the kids kind of knew it too. So they didn't, they they didn't lose a game in our regular season league. And they just kind of, I mean, they just rampaged through the tournament, unfortunately. I think we lost like 21 to four tonight. Um, kind of tough scene out there. I think it was seven to two Friday nights. We, we were pretty close, but tonight we're going to talk about the battle of the bends uh, over the weekends and, um, Nick Erie wins uh, for the first time on either tour, um, Port Wayne Golf Association tour or the Three Rivers tour, beats uh, Chris Schweitzer by a shot uh, of the 72. Uh, Bailey Marquardt, who was on the show a few weeks ago, finished third. Um, Beats a pretty solid field out there at Riverbend. Um, So congratulations, Nick Erie, who is joining us now. And I'm going to bring him in here. Nick, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're able to make it. Congrats on the big win this past weekend at Riverbends. Um, any big celebration take place after that?
3: Uh, the big celebration was spending time with my wife and uh, I got to build our new crib and stroller and high chair. So we are eight months pregnant. we expecting our first here the week after city. So a lot of big things happening.
0: Congrats on that. That's awesome. I, I did, I did see that via social media. So congrats to you guys. Exciting time. Well, that, I mean, that, no, no, there's no better way to celebrate than trying to look up instructions of how to put together like a crib or something like yeah. that. Strollers, that kind of stuff. That that stuff is a nightmare. Um, so you, you went with a 72, you beat, Chris whites are by one. Um, yeah. you know, I, your scorecard, but we don't have that information from the three rivers tour. Um, yeah. but tell us, tell us about your day, you know, kind of how everything, um, wound up way it did.
3: Well, <laughs> at Riverbend, you know, there's not a range to warm up on. So your first swing is, I feel like always can go anywhere. So I, I started aiming it out in the middle of nine, cause I know that's safe. And I, I, The first swing was pretty easy in general, and I finished a little early. And I hit like a fifty-yard hook around the power lines into the left side of the fairway on one, and it was a good miss. But uh, I'll take it. And I hit that hit it onto the green, and and the green was still pretty wet because it just stopped raining. And when I putted that first putt on one, kind of rooster tailed with a little bit of dew and water on it because they hadn't quite dried out yet, and my putt was the one green was a lot slower than what the practice green was. Cause there was probably 20 or 30 of us on the practice screen putting. So that was pretty dry from everybody putting. And I was pretty surprised by that. And then hole two hit a slice around the trees, hit it up short of the green, hit it onto the green about 15 feet. And I four putt because mm-hmm. two did dry out. And I hit my first one about four feet by the hole. And if I would have marked it, I would have been in somebody's way. I'm like, I'll just tap in. So I tapped in, burnt the edge, picked up speed, and I was about four feet away again. I was like, oh, okay. So then I marked it. They both finished out, and I missed the next one. <laughs> I just thought it was going to break, and it didn't. So a four putt. So I started off with a par and then a double after mm-hmm. getting to the green regulation. And then, So I'm, I'm pretty upset. I'm like, this is not how I wanted a day to go. And two is one of the easiest greens out there, so I can't blame... Riverbend or the greens or unplayable conditions. I just got a little aggressive and a little absent minded. And then, hole three, I hit a big draw over the pond and I hit the pine tree over the pond and it kicked me out left. And I had like 65 yards in and hit a flop lob wedge over the tree in the bunker on the left side because the pin was front left and a one hopped in for Eagle. So, oh, wow, up and down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know you, you win some you lose some and so then i was like okay you know i'm starting to feel good again after i got pretty upset uh i hit driver on four a cut into the over the trees and it was right side of the green pin was back right uh, i was kind of in a tough situation so i kind of chipped it and it ran across the green chipped it again close to the hole tapped in par and then the par 3s i played the par 3s terribly i the pit was back right on 5 i ripped it off the front with my pitching wedge and had a very very long putt from the fringe and then 6 i ended up paring that one 6 i like toe bladed my 9 iron into the trees on the right and they saved me from going in the water and then i chipped back on the green and made par there uh, 7 i made par Eight, I made par. Nine, I made par. And then ten, I again like toe bladed a three wood, if you want to call it that, just blocked it. I was like 10 yards away from 14 green, mm-hmm. way outright. And I ended up chunking that one because the pin was front right. And I was trying to hit a flop shot, I chunked that one, chipped it up to about eight feet, made that one for par. Eleven, I pulled my seven iron into the trees. And just, again, terrible on the par threes. I ended up finding it in the woods, uh, chunked it out, chipped up, tapped in, bogey. And then 12, I hit it dead straight through the corner into 14. Had to punch under the trees, but I caught another tree, punch again, chipped up, tapped in, bogey. And then 13, I missed the green way right. And I'm not not too upset about that one, but again, just missed all the par threes. And then I made par on that one. And then 14, I was like, okay, par five, you know, I I can take advantage of this. Had a big cut, cut the corner. And I remember you guys' podcast about the FWGA Riverbend, you know, talking about placements. And that actually did help me coming into the, the end of the stretch here. I remember Garrett talking about how he played the back. Mm-hmm. and you know and the, like how you c- can be aggressive but or not be aggressive depending on where the pin is and 14 the pin was way up front so i knew i didn't want to be pin high or long so i actually clubbed down i think i only hit like six iron to stay short i was like 30 or 40 yards short and then i chipped up and made that putt for birdie on 14 and then i was like okay i'm feeling good and then 15 i hit my best drive of the day uh those Little bit of crosswind. I hit a big draw. I had like 142 left, stuck nine iron, made a, that birdie putt, and that ended up being a skin on 15. Mm-hmm. And then 16, uh, hit it on two putted, kind of lagged that putt. 17 was another tough pin all the way back left mm-hmm. and ended up making par there. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm still even. So 18, I played it safe. I hit it back into 17 and then aimed for the center of the green and just lagged a. That putt on 18, the pin was back right. That putt probably broke eight feet. Mm-hmm. And and I lagged that one too, tapped in par. Now, when I made par on 18, I shot even. I didn't think I was going to win mm-hmm. because I know Bailey had been playing well and I knew Chris had been playing well. And they both, their body languages, because they were, Bailey was the group behind me and Chris was a group behind him. And I could tell by their body language, they were playing well. Mm-hmm. And they looked like they were in it. And I'm like, man, I didn't, I didn't feel like even was enough because the greens were pretty wet and they were pretty receptive. And I feel like, you could be a little more aggressive towards the pins if you wanted to be, if you knew where where the landing spots were. And I didn't think that I won, but Wade was in my group and he was like, even, even could win it. And I, I really hadn't even crossed my mind. I was like, I don't know. I was like, there's, I'm like, they got the college kids behind us and the Riverbend members behind them. I was like, that's probably not, but I was still happy. At least that I knew I had a shot at the skin on three with an Eagle there. That's, I felt good.
1: I'll tell you that uh, when I, entered the tournament. Uh Phil sent me a message and said, "I see you're playing this weekend and I said, "Yeah, I'm going to try to shoot 72 and see where that puts me because I feel like 72 is going to win the tournament out there most of the time." So, yeah. Good tournament. I mean, that's insane making double on 2, especially after hitting a good drive and then uh and then eagling 3 from kind of an out of position shot too, which is pretty crazy. So, congratulations that was was lucky i mean it was more
3: luck than it was skill i mean it was it was a one hop right in i couldn't believe it i the guys in my group were like oh my gosh that went in i was like oh because i couldn't really see it i was kind of hitting around the tree you know over the bunker i just was hoping it hit the green and one hopped Mm -hmm. in i was like oh well thank you
0: yeah zach i know you're pressed for time do you, you gotta you gotta run here
1: yeah yeah i mean i can finish this part
0: I listen, I don't want you I don't want you to get in trouble with your wife. I mean that's that's really all I care about.
1: I'll make it through this part.
0: <laughs> um you know, Nick, you and I touched base after you mentioned that the 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 show we did after the FWGA event, the the controversial Riverbend show. And you talked about how you felt like, you know. That was that was Riverbend, and that we kind of messaged back and forth. How did it play Saturday? Um, play any different? Um, you mentioned maybe some. The greens were maybe a little inconsistent early. Was that just due to the rain? You think, or did, yes, did the but
3: yeah, but it was it was the best move they made delaying it an hour because literally right as it stopped raining because we, they were supposed to tee off at nine and it rained all the way up until like nine fifty. And then, so they delayed it an hour. That first tee time was at 10. So then nobody had to play in the rain. So I, everybody had the same conditions. You know, nobody got an advantage over another. And everybody got to avoid the rain. We all got to take all our rain gear off. You know, nobody had to wear any jackets or anything. If we put their umbrellas away because the forecast looked pretty good as soon as that rain got through. And delaying it an hour was, I think, the best decision that they could have made. And it worked out great, for, I think, for everybody. It's just, yeah, that first green with the trees guarding it and the dew and, and the rain, I, I just – it was – it played slower and yeah. And then two caught me by surprise, but the kind of the diamond in the rough on two is then I, I it conservative the rest of the day and it seemed to work out. Johnny. So,
2: you know, I, I when I talked to Bailey the uh when when he ended up winning the, the um or finishing high in the last event there, I, I was kinda asking him, you know, normally when you have a good round and seventy-two is a very, very, very good round at uh at River Bend in any kind of conditions, um, was there a point during the during the round, like a certain hole or after you hit a certain golf shot, maybe on the front nine or at the turn or whatever, where you're like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to shoot a good score today. Was there, was there a, a certain moment or was it more of just good play, just kind of hanging on the whole time?
3: Uh, I would say my tee shot on 14. Cause I, like I said, I one, 14 means you're done with the par threes and those are always my kryptonite. <laughs> and you know, I 14 to par five and, you know, I uh, using guys' terms, I would consider myself somewhat of a bomber or of, of some sorts now, I've been working hard on in- increasing my swing speed and distance. So and I think that's the one advantage I have in the field. And I know par fives are when I need to capitalize because it seems like most of the time I hit bogeys on par three, so I got to make up for it somehow. And, you know, that tee shot on 14 was the first time that, like, I aimed, I had a plan, and I executed it exactly how I wanted to, and it put me in a position to score. And then I knew, I'm like, okay, that one felt good. And then it just, then it just rolled, down, like, 15 felt good, 16 felt good, 17 mm-hmm. felt good. It was just one and one after another. I mean, I just I, I, I had a plan and then and the executed my drive and then the, from the drives my second shots and my second shots. You know, it was just one after another. And then so from 14 to 18, I think is when I played my best golf.
2: Yeah. Good golf is real fun when when you you know when you have an idea of what you want to do and then you know especially in competition when it actually you know the the plan follows through and you're just like this is this is good stuff. You know, I. I don't have it too often anymore, but I remember back in the day that, that, uh, you know, playing like that and, and, uh, you know, just certainly when everywhere I'd look, I just hit the ball exactly where I wanted and That's just,
0: that's just the best feeling.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I haven't felt it all year, but it's been coming in recently and it's been, it's been good.
0: Well, you know, before we brush on, we were talking about the lead up to the city tournament, you know, the next couple of weeks. So, Kind of hits this hits at a good time, doesn't it? I mean, your confidence seems to be up. I mean, you gotta be feeling good after after getting this win.
3: Yeah. And this is the first chance city wise that I'll be playing a course for the second time. So luckily, I played in the city in 2019 when Patrick went low on the first day. And then they made the course pretty tough the next two days (laughs) to make sure nobody's gonna shoot eight under again. And, you know, I I got a good experience there of what city can be, you know, of of what tipping out a course and and putting the pins in tough spots. That was my first, I think, true experience of playing on tough greens in Fort Wayne. And that was a very good learning experience for me. And I I, kind of ran out of gas at the end of my third round, but I felt like I was managing the course well in my first two rounds and I'm excited to come back again.
1: Zach? Um you know, I remember I've played a, a bunch of rounds of golf with you, uh, throughout the years now. And, and surprised that this is your first win. You hit the ball so high. And when you say that you think you're a bomber, obviously you're a bomber. I mean, I don't think that there's any, I've seen you hit shots that I could not even imagine hitting. I can think of one at Coyote in particular that I, that I always talk about, but, uh, yeah, so so really really nice to see you win. I'm really happy for you. Uh, obviously, we have a connection with your cousin Marcus, so you know it's really really nice. Marcus was really really excited and happy for you. I I talked to him and and I also uh, saw it on Facebook. So congratulations again, man. I'm sure that it's the first of of what's going to be more than one. So that's awesome.
3: I can only hope so. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate mm-hmm.
0: that. All right, Nick. Well, thanks for coming on, joining us, talking about the big win, and like we said, uh, good luck in this the uh, in, in city. If we don't, we don't talk to you, but uh, good, good to to have you on, get you on, talk about, uh, about some really good play. So good luck to you in city, man.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Thank
0: you guys. And Zach. Yeah. Good. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. And I <laughs> will yeah. see you guys next week.
0: All right. Take care, man. Bye. Care. All right. We went from four to two very quickly. Wow. There. Yeah. Wow. And next up, and next up, Pat Fitzgerald is joining us up. Come on, why you got to do that? I just felt right. I don't really have a punchline after that, but I just wanted to throw in Pat Fitzgerald somewhere.
2: I like Pat Fitzgerald. I I
0: did too. I, I I, listen. He's he's perfect for that program. He's gonna bounce back. He'll. I mean, he's been rumored for NFL jobs for ten years, so it's gonna happen. Um, all right. So we got a transition. Um, thanks Nick Erie, for coming on. Uh, congrats to him. Very cool. Seemed very excited. Um, thanks Zach for making his cameo tonight. So, uh, you and I are going to, we'll, we're going to do a little bit of a debrief of the John Deere classic and maybe a little Ryder cup talk and we'll do a little Scottish open and we're going to be in and out of here quick. Um, uh, you know, I like the John Deere classic a lot. I think it's one of those, those smaller events that's well run. I think it's well done. You, it has its very specific niche and it's kind of just a fun tournament to watch. Cause you kind of know what you to expect going in. And um, it kind of turned out that way. I did not see any of Sunday. I, I saw a lot of Saturday. I did not see a Sunday. I was, I was preoccupied. This is one of those few events. I did not see a, a, a literal shot on Sunday, but Sepstraka just doing what he does, which is once every 12 or 14 events, he just kind of pops up and he is kind of unstoppable. This the really low floor, high ceiling, major variance kind of player. Um, I mean, probably should have shot 59. <laughs> um, but wins with a with a with a final round 62. And uh really kind of made it look easy out there. I, I went back and watched his highlights and man, when that dude gets his irons going and that putter is kind of a lethal combination, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I mean, Sepp is, he is that guy that, uh, that, that really, really, really low floor because he'll go missing now, you know, maybe next year he might go most of the year without, you know, scaring, uh, scaring a victory there. But uh, he was you know, good player um, in college before college as well. Went to the University of Georgia. Um, and what, is this now a second win or his third? Yep. Second. So, now he second he, win and he almost won the playoff
0: event. Yeah. So with source Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he can get his irons going and just knocks the pin out. And you know when that's not going, usually the rest of his game kind of suffers. But he was he played pretty good after the first day shot first round two or part 73 and had to shoot 63 the on friday just to make the cut and just kind of rolled and played played good saturday and was unbelievable on sunday like he wasn't even on my radar i didn't know that he was even playing in the event um on sunday so i get into work i know we we talked a little bit Sunday morning was just trying to figure out putting ourselves in position because we liked a lot of guys that were out there, you know, with Adam Shank and uh, uh Alex Smalley was up there. Brendan Todd's, uh, you know, solid player. Chris Kirk was in there. Cam mm-hmm. Young was leading it after two days, but Steph Straka just went nuts. And I'm going to bring up a scorecard here. Um, yeah. Dude should have shot 58. I mean,
0: yeah, because he, he was like, he birdies. 14 he was or 15, right? He birdied he, the short par four. So 14. he goes, yeah, go
2: ahead. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, he, he goes out in 28, under par 28 pars, the par five, 10th hole, and then runs the table for the next four birdies, 11, 12, 13, and 14. And then he's got 17 out there still a par five. Um, and 16 was, you know, just an, okay, whatever. And so he, he pars those holes and then, um, and hits a good drive on 18, and pulls it left into the water, um, and then just kind of you know limps it in and makes double, shoots a sixty-two. Like you know, they always say those those like worst sixty-two I've ever seen. It's kind, of, yeah. you know. I mean, he played yeah. unreal the first uh, the first fourteen holes, and and he was all he needed was one, one more birdie for uh, for fifty-nine there, and then you know, obviously it didn't end up converting. But you know, he, he is a good player. He's one of those guys. You know, we we, we joke about certain dudes like he's like, you know, like Robert Streb is just a nothing burger for, you know, 25 ends during the season. And then he'll finish second or he'll win in the fall series and ends up retaining his card. You know, it's just just one of those things. But Sep is a guy after he won that event at one Honda, he beat uh, uh, Shane Lowry there. I, I was really impressed. I like how he drives the ball. I like his irons. And uh, I like his putting, but the thing is just with him and he makes it real tough to bet is it's just nothing. It's just missing cuts. It's not his floor in the top 40. It's, it's, you know, 115th place, you know, type of thing. But, you know, I mean, this could propel him, you know, for the Ryder cup team and playing good golf.
0: We'll see. Yeah, There's certain guys like if you want to bet Scotty Scheffler, Top 20 every event. You 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 know you're probably gonna get that a lot, of, you know, at least especially the last year. Um is not one of those guys you would bet in those top 10, 20 markets. You you really only you would just bet Sepstrack could win outright. Yep. I mean, I mean, because he's either gonna be in contention to win or he's gonna miss the cut. And I I kind of I kind of like that about him. I mean, he's he's literally all or nothing. We mentioned how he just showed up out of nowhere, almost beat Zalatoris in the playoff event. I think it was Spies win uh, at uh, Hilton Head last year when he almost won that as well. Oh, but, yeah. But there's not like, he won't have this run of like 7th, 14th, 25th in a row. It'll be like MC, MC, 3rd uh mc 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 you know second it, it's it's really an interesting thing when we talk about the rider cup uh for the european team and you know i, I kind of want to just not we don't necessarily have to get too deep in the weeds with with breaking down their team but we've we've talked about how there's there's a certain set of guys that we know are going to be on that team we're talking about rory Rom, hovland hatton fitzpatrick fleetwood Lowry. That's seven. Did I say had? Yeah, that's seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can probably expect a guy like Justin Rose to receive a captain's pick because of his solid play. Um, but there's there's a lot of question marks. There's it's kind of wide open beyond that. You know, Rasmus Ho- Hogard he won a tournament, the Euro tournament over the the weekend, but largely he hasn't been playing great before that. His his brother's also in there. Uh, Adrian Marock, um, Robert McIntyre, but and then of course our guy Ludwig, right? Um, maybe maybe the biggest question mark. But to me, I think he should be on that team because you're not only getting him experience, you know, for for this year. It's it helps kind of propel him forward in future years. He's kind of the Scotty Scheffler of this team, maybe less accomplished at um, what Scheffler was a couple of years ago. But Straka, I mean. It can be good and bad for the Ryder Cup, right? Like we talked about, this just this, this major variance he has. He either has it and he plays like a top ten player, or he's outside of like a top two hundred player. Um, you know, maybe for the Ryder Cup, that's that's kind of what you want. Um, you know, if he's having one of those off weeks, maybe you just hide him and you play him in singles, or if he's on, you know, you can play him four times. I don't know. I mean, is that the guy you kind of want for the Ryder Cup, especially with this European team, where you know you kind of need those high floor guys or I'm sorry high ceiling guys
2: uh, yeah I guess but I mean you want the high ceiling guys but his his floor could be oh three and no I mean it could be you know he could just get boat raced by you know you you throw the 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 camp one a you know Xander team at, at at him and somebody else and it, it could be ugly or but Brooks and DJ <laughs> But one of those guys is going to be on the team, yeah. and DJ's not. But um, uh, no, I, there's a you know you've got the the uh, the few stalwarts, and then you've got the aging vets who basically have went to live, and really their play hasn't warranted you know being selected. I think if you're Luke Donald though, you you hope Sep is playing well. But he doesn't end up qualifying through, uh, you know, through the automatic qualification system because, yeah, you got to look at that because I mean, you've got, you know, th- there, there's the 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 Hogards, and then there's you know Victor Perez who's a good player, then you've got Bob McIntyre and Ludwig Aberg, and you know you got some interesting picks. He wouldn't, he would definitely not be the worst because, yeah, you 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 catch him and he gets the right if he's teamed up the right, with the right person. I mean. You know, and and playing pretty well, um, I don't I don't mind him at all. But you know, you look at like his major championship record; it's just not not yeah. anything at all. So it's like, well, once you get to the hardest of the hard golf courses and and everything like that, is it really is it really a good pick? So for for my in my opinion, like even right now with a, as well as he's playing, there would be. There'd be twelve other guys, I think, and I don't know who those twelve European guys are, but there'd be twelve other guys that I would I could probably pick ahead of Sepstraka.
0: Okay, okay. So you you're not a huge Sepstraka for the Ryder Cup guy, this, at least for the year. No, team. I just
2: that that floor man. You just yeah, he's a liability, and and that's yeah. you can't have you against this against this United States team. You can't have guys that you have to truly hide. And if he, you know, it's just always weird though, because lately these European teams have been paired up weird. Like Patrick Harrington, just, I think he did. I think he did that team a disservice in whistling straights on on how he paired them up. But, um, you know, having a guy like Straka, you know, I just, I, I I just don't, I just don't feel it.
0: I I, I was looking at the, the, the Europe, they have the European points list and the world points list, uh, Right now, if if qualifying ended today, Yannick Paul would be in even automatic automatic qualifier. But yeah, you mentioned like Victor Perez. I think he's I think he's a really solid player, and I think he's a, probably a better player than Straka. Morans had a great year. I think he's going to be on this team. I still think, like I said, I think you got to put Ludwig on some guy like you know, guy like Aaron Rye, Alex Norin, yep. Dietrich. I mean, so there there are some options. I don't, you know. I'm not I'm not worried about any of those guys from an American standpoint of having to face, you know, oh, oh, God, I got to I got to face the team of Adrian Moroc and Alex Noren. I mean, that's, that's not going to scare anyone for sure. Um, but, we'll, you know, just just to kind of keep everyone abreast of what's what's going on, that, that European team has a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of gaps here to fill the last couple months before leading up to the Ryder Cup, and, and not you know the American team I think is a little more solid. There might be one or two question marks of how they're going to fill that team. Um, speaking of that and the John Deere Classic, what do we what do we make of Cameron Young at this point? Are we are we to the point where we're like, all right, I'm kind of getting bothered by him not winning an event when he was a 36 hole leader and a very weak field. Um, like he was this week, and it's largely—it's not been a great season for him. Um, are we—are we worried about Cameron Young? or Are we just kind of in a holding pattern?
2: I think we're definitely in a holding pattern. I still love his golf game. I, I love his uh, what you know looks like what his mental makeup is at, at these events, and it's just one of those things that you know this is only his second year on on the pga tour right so yeah. i mean there, there's there's a learning curve and you know he kind of did the the thing caught everybody by surprise and played great golf and was swinging it really really well and making a lot of putts and everything last year and it's just with the the, the weight of expectations and balancing that out um and and uh you know a lot of times you know you you trust your game in a different way and you have more higher expectations. So the shots that, you know, he wouldn't, he, you know, it just, the way he kind of prepares himself and everything, he's still learning. And, and, you know, it's not like he was this super elite college prospect, like a Colin Morikawa or, a, you know, I was going to say Matthew Wolf, but you know, that's just kind of weird.
0: Oh, jeez. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I didn't even think about well, that. Till.
0: Was, well, he's wasted talent. So.
2: Holy Jesus. <laughs> Brooks just body bags him. <laughs> how, how, did, uh, anyways, how,
0: how did Wolf yeah. do this weekend in the live event? Did Wolf play well? Do we know?
2: So. Don't know. They they didn't show the thing live. I actually was very interested in watching the event live because I did kind of want to see it in the morning. But the CW was playing blackish um Which, marathon uh, there it's Saturday good and summer.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's it's more recent than like Charmed,
2: you know. Yes, true, true. But anyways, back to back to um uh, uh, I'm not worried about him now. Would would he be like a top guy right right now that I would pick for the Ryder Cup team? There'd be definite pause for that. Um, but I just think, like I said, it's just guys have off years and just where something doesn't quite click or he's just not seeing lines on the putts and maybe just something is slightly off. I think he's that good that it's just figuring out something and, and getting it going. And then I, am not worried. I think he'll win two, three, four, multiple PGA tour events, you know, as, as he, as he kind of gets more comfortable and gets older.
0: Yeah, I, it is. It is funny. You, you mentioned, you Last year versus this year, I think obviously the weight of expectation is there now. Um, It seems, and I haven't looked at his stats, it seems like less putts are dropping, you know, in that like 8 to 14 foot range. And that's probably the difference. I don't think his irons maybe are as crisp. He's hitting as close as he did last year. I I think um, we know his elite skill is driving the golf ball, one of the elite drivers in the world. Um, it It is a bit frustrating to see. You know him lead at thirty. This thirty-six hole mark, and, and not really capitalize on on, a, on an event like this. But um by the way, Matt Wolf dead fucking last at the live event. Did he really? Yeah. God damn it. He was set. He not not terrible his first two rounds, but I think it was it looked like a seventy nine his his final rounds to finish last by three shots. So uh tough. Tough. He's um, got He's got some. He's got some- He's got some mentals going on there. Yeah. Um by the way, Sepp is twenty-seventh ranked player in the world now. Um, not too far behind Justin Thomas. I'm just make it put that out there. <laughs> um uh the, the other guy that I wanted to talk about was Denny. Kind of in the same boat as Cam Young. Not I mean, Denny's had an unbelievable year. Um, should have won the memorial. Um really should have won the Memorial. I mean, there's been two or three events where he's been right there. I, I expect a little bit more out of his Sunday. Didn't seem to have it. I, I, again, I didn't didn't see a shot, but surprised he wasn't one of those guys coming down the stretch. Um, so, and Denny's, I think, on the on the outskirts of discussion of the Ryder Cup team as well. I mean, God, can you imagine him in match play with that putter? I mean, that's got to be a consideration, um, especially the type of course they'll be playing in Rome, I think he's not a terrible course fit. And uh, again, we always talk about match play. Having an elite putter like that is—it's just—it's it, different, doesn't? It? Uh, yeah, Denny's
2: got no chance at being picked. No uh, chance. He's gonna have no chance. Not that he, I'm uh, not saying that he—he he doesn't, he shouldn't. Hmm. But I—I I kind of underrate him. I think more than than you do i don't look at his i don't look at really his his stroke skiing numbers i know he's a great putter and i i feel like i agree i he should have won there i really thought he was gonna win this week as well at, at john deere but no Zach uh, johnson is not gonna pick any mccarthy
0: you're probably right i think there's one spot i think there's one spot all right I'm just gonna go through: Scotty, Wyndham Clark, yeah. Brooks, Xander, Cantley, Homa. That's your top six in points. I think no matter what, all six are on the team. Yeah. You could maybe say like, "Oh, Max hasn't been playing great." I don't see any scenario I, where he's not on the team. Zach's picking him. Or um, if, yeah, Spieth, Morikawa, Fowler. Shout out Zach Fitzgerald. Fowler will be on the team. JT, who will be on this team? JT will be on the team. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's ten. I think Keegan is pretty close to automatic. He's seventh in points. He's got two wins this year. Um, I think Keegan is on this team. So that's eleven. You're talking about one spot for Cam Young, Sam Burns, Danny McCarthy, Tony Fina. Well, Fina, I didn't. I kind of forgot about Fina. Fina would probably be the inside track for that twelfth spot. I would think. I, I
2: mean. I would, uh, yeah, I'd pick Finau. I, I think he excels at these, these competitions and just what he brings to the table, both on and off the golf course. I think he's just, he's ideal. Why is I he? Mean,
0: eight, why is he eighteenth in points?
2: I don't know. He's won. He won all those events too. He's won. But he, I mean, there, it, it's more weighted this year, and he he hasn't. Yeah. Well, he still won. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of yeah. that's kind of crazy that. Kitiyama, who's won an event? Well, he won an elevated event, and like Will Zalatoris is ahead of him.
0: What the fuck is Zalatoris in front of him for?
2: I don't. I don't.
0: I know it's a two-year. I know it's a two-year scale, but
2: Fino's majors and and Fino's has not been good. The major Fino's not good in any of the majors this year.
0: Like he's won won four four times. I agree. I. I I don't. I would take. I mean, Fino at eighteen. I think yeah, I think Fina was on the team. So I, I think that's the twelve, and I think Burns and Young and Denny are going to be on the outside, and Dustin Johnson mm-hmm. as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, anything else from John Deere? No, I I actually
2: thought that the Open Championship was this week because oh, it was shit, it always shit. used to be before, and I forget that they have the Scottish Open, and I always liked because they always made this big freaking deal that. That the the telecast would that anybody who played in it got the chartered flight out to yeah. the United Kingdom and everything. it just made this huge deal about it, but I, I actually don't mind that event either. I, I watched a little bit of it um, Saturday and Sunday, and I like the golf course, and it's it's always pretty compelling. It was disappointing uh, for a guy who had a lot of win bets on some guys uh, finishing the top ten that Straka just. Like I said, just boat raced everybody, and kind of took it out. But you know, it's it's it, that event though. I think is an underrated one.
0: Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I I had Alex Smalley. I felt like he was going to win because his his iron play was just phenomenal over the weekend. But I mean, he didn't he didn't play poorly. He just he just got boat raced in the final round. But yep. Um. Oh, final final. Um. My final take, Ludwig. I think he's going to win in the fall. I think he's gonna win a fall event and I think he's he's close he can't put four rounds together yet it seems like like he put three really good rounds together this week Saturday was 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 an off round um you know he put two rounds together at rocket mortgage I think Ludwig's gonna win sometime in the fall I still think he's gonna be a superstar um yeah
2: that's my take he's game, and, and and just an FYI about him um these lines we're noticing i know you've you kind of caught this months ago and i i've seen it more is you kind of got to jump on these next tournament lines like sunday night you can't yeah. wait till monday because they move so much uh, yeah. we'll talk about a couple that move but like abert though he, he he's getting shorter and shorter odds because i think the odds makers think that he's gonna win as well and he's a little bit i yeah. think not really that great with the odds and everything, but get him Sunday because the he, he's going to get a lot of the handle, um, so, Sunday overnight and Monday morning. So if you're like him, like you said in the fall, which I'll I'll be betting him, uh, get him on
0: as soon as you can. Yeah. It- and we'll talk about more about this this week, but I feel like he's a similar number in the Scottish Open as he was for the John Deere, which is kind of crazy because it's such an exponentially better field. Um, he he's forty five this week. I, I think he probably closed around twenty five at John Deere, but I think I know he started somewhere around thirty or thirty five. Yeah, his his numbers it's it's reflective of of everyone just being on him and they the you know they're they're pricing him that way, you know. I think he should be definitely much higher than that. But I think everyone wants to be part of that first win when it ever happens. I don't think it's gonna happen in the Scottish Open. But again, I, I think it's gonna be one of those fall series events with a little bit of a weaker field, like a Vegas or Houston Open, whatever. Um, but he's got just unbelievable talent in game. I think he'll put it together sometime soon. Yeah, Scottish Open, not the Open Championship this week. Um, this this is, I think, I think we talked about it in our last two weeks ago. I think this is the last elevated event. Is this an elevated event?
2: I don't know. I don't know if it is an elevated event. I mean, it's got the field of an elevated event. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's got to be the last one. I it's got to be.
0: Um, the, is it. It's not the. It's not the Renaissance. It's the Renaissance club is that right i heard somebody say
2: that today and i was like i believe so i kind of like that the renaissance
0: renaissance uh yeah really good field uh xander won here last year went part of his back-to-back wins from travelers to the scottish um i know it's um it's a dope design i don't really remember a lot about this course but it is it is a modern Scottish Lynx course. I know that it was pretty windy last year because the winning score was seven under. It got pretty tough over the weekends. Um, I think it's pretty closely. It's Edinburgh, which I think is pretty close to the, the sea um, coastline there, which by the way, what's the difference between a sea and an ocean? Do you know, is there, is there, what the-
2: I think a sea is just a larger. It's got to be larger than a lake. But
0: yeah,
2: it can, yeah. Water, but it can be salt water. it could be salt Like it's like larger than a lake, smaller than an ocean. And I think a sea has got to be like a saltwater body of water.
0: Yeah, because it's like I think of like the Mediterranean Sea, which is it's huge. Yes, but, that's but I very don't huge. know. I don't know what the distinction. What's the difference between like the the. Atlantic Ocean and the Mediterranean Sea I mean it's all salt, salt water it, it is all salt water it's just I'll figure' I'll, I'll work on that while we're uh, while we're doing the show here
2: thank you wow I that's a great question I'm, I'm actually very interested to know yeah. but anyway so yeah uh a, it's the a golf course it's it's going to be windy because it always is there um the Tom Dope's one of the premier golf de, golf course designers of our generation right now um it's got Five par threes and three par fives. So that makes it a par 70, which is kind of interesting. Um, so it still has the the, the three there. But uh, um, it, it's going to look like a British Open Open Championship golf course and, on how he designs it. But it's not going to be a true one with all the gorse, all the... You know, it'll have the long grass and it'll have kind of those, those, you know, weird little pot bunkers and whatnot, but, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a good little warm up for, uh, you know, and it's morning golf, which is cool. You know, that'll, that'll be fun, but, uh, it'll be a good field and it's not gonna, it's just, it's slightly different, but it's just like a good little appetizer for these open golf courses.
0: I have a, I have a, a small quiz for you. Last year, there was someone that jumped out to a sizable first-round lead with a 61, and afterward, they made the, – by the way, I found this out doing some research today on the Scottish Open. Um, he made uh, – he was talking to the media, and he, he was quoted as saying, it's fun to be an artist out there. Do you remember who said that last that. year's Scottish Open? Because it's kind of lived on. Because you would but, not you would not you would not make the distinction that this guy is an artist. Was it Pat Cantley? It wasn't, but I could see him saying that. Yeah, because um, it was but I don't know though. He he's now on live. It was the one and only Cameron Trigali. The artist. Fucking the jesus uh i laughed i laughed pretty hard when i saw kim Tringale. He said he uh you know just appreciated being an artist out there uh, like we said really good field whether it's an elevated event or not um, a lot of guys are over here prepping for the open um you know i know of some of the top guys roms not in the field but uh you know, I think it's going to be a really good tournament. And like you said, it's a really nice appetizer for what we got in, coming in the last major of the season here. So let's get to the lines. Um, Scotty Scheffler at six and a half to one, Rory McElroy at seven and a half. Those are the two favorites that have some separation. Hanley at uh, plus 1200, Xander at plus 1400, Hovland and Ricky Fowler are at 18 to one. Hatton and Fleetwood at 20, Fitzpatrick at 22, Spieth at 22, Shane Lowry at 30. Those are the uh, folks that are 30 to one or under. Any appetite for the top two there, John? I, I'm praying, that first of all, that
2: Rory doesn't win this week. I just, please, do, Rory, just play good. Get your game going for for Hoylake. Just don't, don't win this event. Um, Scotty's a little too short at at plus six fifty. Um, I don't even know if I had a bonus, like a maybe plus thousand. I might want to consider something like that. I of the two, I, I lean Scheffler, and I just hope Rory doesn't doesn't win because we've got next week that we've got to worry about. Um, you know, and with that tough field, you know, or excuse me, that strong field. I mean, Scheffler's game seems to fit because of how unreal he's striking the ball. But would you would you take a piece out of that plus six fifty?
0: No, no, but did he win soon based on the way he's playing? Probably. Yeah. Um again, I think we highlighted he's having maybe the best ball striking season since Peak Tiger. Uh like peak peak tiger shit. Um and and I mean Tiger was playing against basically plumbers and firemen, right? Um <laughs> Um, shout out JJ Redick. Um, Thank you. I mean, compared to what we have today, it kind of was, you know, Jeff Sluman and um, you know the right. first the first version. You of you, what do you got against Jeff Sluman? I'm just saying. I mean, if I had to but compare Sluman versus like Xander Shoffley, I mean, I'm yes, say,
2: I I know what you mean though, but um,
0: but no, I. I um, no, I just think Scotty is I mean, if he continues this, I, I it's gotta pay off at some point. Um, you know, it's shocking he's only won what twice this year, right? The players and Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix, that's right? Yeah. Um, so it's got it's gotta be paid off at some point, whether it's this week or the open or playoff events. I don't I don't know when it's coming, but he's getting another win. So I, I'm not gonna bet him at six and a half to one in a, in a really good field. I just, and I won't bet for it either.
2: Yeah, I agree there. Um, of those top guys, um, I, I don't like the number, but again, I think it's pretty appropriately priced based on how the first two are is. I, I do like Pat Cantlay this mm-hmm. week, um, seems to fit, fit the golf course well. And, and I think these conditions, you know, he can definitely play, play through and, you know, he, he it seems yearly he he'll figure out a time during the season to to really start playing some good golf and his good golf is better than most people's good golf so you know this i think the course kind of fits i don't i don't dislike it at all um i'll probably still bet him at the 12 the 1 hopefully i can find a better number but i think that's about what we're looking there another the guy i don't hate although after winning Memorial is Vic Hovland. This seems like this would be a good, uh, a good fit. Um, you know, he's, he's not playing in many tournaments, but it, I've seen social media where he's playing a lot of golf still. So he's still in tune, you know, working on his game and everything and, you know, winning at Memorial, that, that, that's a pretty huge deal there to show that, uh, that he can play. And, and I think, if I had to pick an event, uh, a major championship that he would win, it would be the open championship. So I think his game would translate very, very, very well to the Scottish open there. So those are the two, um, in the top, you know, uh, top five or six or whatever that I, I have got my, my eye on.
0: Yeah. I I did have circle Cantley today because I, I agree with you. Although I did hear this over, maybe it was today. I was, um, I was listening to another podcast, uh, golf podcast, and they were kind of makes the comparison of is is Patrick Cantley just Ricky Fowler from years ago? Um, a lot of good finishes now. I argue that Cantley's probably a better player now than Fowler was, but it was an interesting way to think about what Cantley's doing the last couple of years. Um Again, you can argue Cantley was maybe the best ball striker in the world. Like in January, February, his numbers were outstanding. Maybe regressed a little bit, but I still think off the tee, he is so, so good um, this whole season. And um, I think I'm just waiting on that putter to kind of revert back to what we are used to with Cantley. Too many events where I've seen him lose um, strokes putting, which is shocking to me. Um, So I think, I think, I'm with you on Lay. It feels like one of those events that he should should perform well. Um, I'm going to talk about a guy that I never talk about, really. Um, But I kind of like the setup for him. He's been pretty consistent with his starts on the PGA Tour this year. Um, I think he is pretty reliable when we're talking about difficult, tough conditions. He's had a win at the API when it's been really, really hard. Couple of years ago, um, Terrell Hatton. Uh, I never bet Hatton, and I don't know why. Never, um, but I think if the I think if it gets tougher and it gets windy, and so I might have to look at the forecast. I, I think I trust Hatton to be around on Sunday, um, and I like the number at 2022 20, 20, It's you know twenty on DraftKings, but you might find it a little bit better on another book. So Hatton, I'm, I'm circling as well. I can't believe Ricky Fowler is at 18-1. to I think he was like 18-1 to at Rocket Mortgage, um, a much weaker field. I actually think – I actually don't mind him next week. Um, I don't know what the number is going to be on Rick next week, but I'm going to pass on him this week. I also like Jordan Spieth in theory this week as well. Um, I always like him on Leagues Golf Courses. Um, I think it suits his style of game. He is an artist. Um, <laughs> he really is an artist. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think this type of golf is always suited to what he does well. So I am interested in speed as well at 22. Although then I saw him with what he was wearing at Wimbledon and eh, made he, me feel he, less good about him. You
2: don't think there's an iron, like, you know, <laughs> <Right>. iron <laughs> right. and ironing board there in the, uh, I mean, you, had, you know, for people who didn't see the picture, they had uh, uh Justin Thomas, um Jordan and uh Ricky Fowler with their uh with their wives, and they went went to Wimbledon there and, and um JT and 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 Rick were looking looking oh. good. And and I you know, I think I think Jordan had the right idea. Just you get an iron, you maybe maybe wear a tie, you know, a little vest action, you know, something like that. This is you know, you you gotta these well I've got talk about this before. I mean, you, know, that's what, uh, you know That's what uh, the two Florida guys, um, you know, JT and uh and Ricky did. But uh Jordan was definitely left out there and you know, wearing the sneakers as well. You know, I just Yeah, wasn't great. I don't know.
0: Yeah. JT know. man, he he looked good. He he looked really good. Uh thirty five to fifty, uh Wyndham Clark, um Minwoo Lee at 35, Homa, JT, Justin Rose at 40, Burns at 45, Ludwig at 45, Tom Kim, who I think kind of came busting on the scene at this event last year. He's at 50, Sunjay at 50, Corey Connors at 50. Uh, one guy I encircled in my mind that I liked thinking about this event over the weekends to bet was Minwoo Lee. And then I saw his number and I was like, no fucking way I can bet him at 35. But I do like Minwoo Lee in theory because he's, I think he's close to busting through. I
2: actually like Minwoo Lee this week and I don't mind the number. I don't think it's, I don't think it's as good as it should be, but I don't think a lot of these lines recently with the, any of these sports books has been very, very good. Cause I think these sports books get cooked with the, you know, just all the amateur bettors and everything like that. So, but as far as playing well, um, yeah, Minwoo Lee, I don't mind him in a top 10 or top 20. You can, you can definitely get him in the top 20 at plus money. Um, he's, he's a guy there. I'm going to bet, uh, Ludwig is as, as well, 45 to one. It's just going to be, I think an auto bet going forward. Like you said, I don't know if I, he'll win. So like it might be a 40, one win, at, and then I might bet him plus four fifty as a as a top ten as well for for insurance there. But you know him shooting sixty three in the final round, round, and and actually had the the he was at the top of the leaderboard at one point um, mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday. That was a big deal there. So those guys, and then the one I'm I'm kind of liking is Sanjay M. His yeah. win equity though is just not is not good. So maybe I'll look in something in the top ten or top five, but as good of a ball striker as he is, you know, you'd think he'd be able to play in the wind pretty well. Um yeah. He's up at fifty there. It's good enough. I, I think he's worth at least a nibble.
0: Yeah, he he's been quiet the last couple months. He's been pretty quiet. Um I assume yes or no, JT at forty. No, he is—he's horrible right now. I
2: mean, <laughs> I hate, dude. I mean, he's—he's yeah, he's yeah. terrible. Was, he with one, was, one was good bad. round at Travelers on Saturday.
0: Um, he, finished, he finished top ten at Travelers, though, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. yeah.
2: He, but Detroit was bad. It was very bad. Yeah, Detroit was Detroit was bad, bad, but it's just you know, I mean, who knows? We got a little slower greens. I just—it's yeah. just—it's just not his year, and that's okay. And you know you just regroup, you know after all these events and everything, and and and, but I mean you can't can't trust them to even make the make the cut. I
0: mean yeah, you know it's tough. I mean we've seen it from a lot of these guys where they've gone through a slump. Speeds went through it. I I guess we just have to accept that Justin Thomas is in a slump. It might just be this whole season. Um yeah. it, it seems unbelievable because he's been so good and so consistent since twenty fifteen, but I think we're there. Um yeah, I I I besides Minwood Lee, I don't I don't love love anyone in this in this range at the number they're at. Um Tom Kim, maybe he's got some good vibes on this course at 50s, semi-interesting. I, I was looking at Connors earlier today because he came out at 75-1, to 1 and I almost took him, and I didn't, and now I'm pretty regretful because he's already been bit down. I, I don't mind Connors, but I'm not going to bet him. Uh 50 and above. Um, throw some names up there. Adam Scott's at 55. Alex Smalley from last week, he's at 60. He started. Over hundred to one this morning. Um, he, wow. I mean, he finished top ten in this event last year, so he's been bet down quite a bit. Um, Bob McIntyre at ninety, he was in contention last week at uh, the DP World Tour events. Um, anyone else catch your attention through, um, you know, through these lower odds? I'm I'm going to bet Rasmus Hoygaard. He won last week on
2: the DP World Tour. Um, so. He finally break breaks through. I mean, he's such a young guy, so it's like not finally, I guess, but, uh, you know, just showing his, uh, you know, his ceiling there by, by winning a, a DP World Tour event. And, um, you know, it's it, tough to win twice, two weeks in a row, but, you know, you look at him in a top 10 or top 20 market if you don't like it to win there. But seven, 75 to 1 is a pretty good number there. Aaron Rye, I think he's getting close. I'm not sure if he'll ever win an event, and this might be just a little bit too big. But I think he won this event uh, before it was a co-sanctioned event, so okay. that was what three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, playing good golf. Do you like him for first round lead? Um, hmm. He's just good kind goal. of an auto bet every week for first round lead. Uh, yeah. Everybody write that down because he seems to he can he can go deep, and he's usually a pretty good starter there. And then also um, – two, glo- two gloves. Two gloves, yes, iron covers and everything. So, I mean, he's just <laughs> – but, yep. I mean, Duke dude, dude can play. It's just a matter of him putting 72 holes together. He's just not quite there, but he's learning, and, and he's he's done it overseas, and, and I, I do like him, and I don't mind him at the 65-to-1 number there. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I don't like as a win bet, but I think Bob McIntyre, like you said – uh, he he probably should have won the event this this week here. Um, he was leading it with like, I don't know, it was like six holes to go. Hit it in in some real tall weeds. End up making double or triple on like the thirteenth or fourteenth hole and just didn't have enough holes left to recover um, after he lost that lead there. So good golf right there. Um, I don't uh, ninety to one I think is pretty appropriate, but you know yeah. you can get. Um, uh plus 750 on a top 10. So um he's he's a guy that did uh pop out at me.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. And I think I think he's clearly motivated. Uh that he's got that Ryder cup mm-hmm. potential yes. birth hanging out there. Um I like Dylan Wood uh at uh see just had his name and I lost it. Um a guy that's been playing really Nice golf on the PGA tour for the last couple months. He's three hundred to three hundred to one to win, but 20, 20 to one to finish in the top ten. So I'm gonna take a nibble on Dylan Wu, top ten there. I really like him. He didn't play great at the John Deere. I thought he played better, but he was there uh, at the Rocket Mortgage, and he's had some really nice finishes. So I yeah. think kind of an absurd number for him. Also, um, I'm going to go back to Austin Eckroat at 180 to one. I was really heavy on him at Rocket Mortgage, and he missed the cut. That's okay. Um, guy, that's his numbers have been off the charts the last couple months. A ton of good finishes. 180 to one to win. 12 to one for a top ten. For Austin Eckroat, so I'll go hit those guys as well. Um, that's going to be my two bombs down the board uh, this week at the Scottish Open. Anything else? I like those. Yeah, we'll see. The,
2: these 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 names deeper down the uh, down the board here don't don't love them.
0: Yeah. A lot of a lot of some a lot of the obscure DP World Tour guys. Yeah, one guy. One guy I might
2: consider. Um, people know more for for Twitter. Is that Eddie Pepperell? Mm-hmm. But he has a has a tendency to show up at at certain events and yeah. just play random good golf and and usually in these pretty good fields. Um, it's like he's one of those he's like a european tour version of of a guy who just comes out and has a couple of good finishes and and secures his card for next year so he's got a job and and ends up uh you know doing something like that so you know uh was he three hundred and fifty to one no nah, probably not not gonna win but you know you look at him and make the cut top forty you know you could probably get him at like plus five hundred or something ridiculous like that so you know something like that might be uh a good yeah. a good bomb play or you know maybe you maybe play him in the top 10 at 22 to one in the top
0: 10 I I like some of those bomb top 10 plays actually the more we, we look at them uh, another guy that's down there Michael Kim he's had a really nice season and he's down there at 300 to one as well 20 to one for a top 10 so I I, I might have fun playing a couple of those top tens which are you know Pretty close to it's just, you win. You win the same amount of money if you do. You know, bet Terrell Hatton at 21 to one and win. So I, I I like those plays. Yeah, you know
2: what they they need to have, and I don't. I'll have to look for the market. Is top finisher with the last name of you? Why you? You mentioned Dylan D- Dylan Dylan D- Wu. D- Dylan Wu. Kev- Kevin Kevin You. Dylan Wu. Brandon Wu. Sorry. And then there's this other guy here. Oh, there's another there's- one. There's another one. Um, where is he at here? He's got a weird first name. Not a weird first name. It's just one I can't pronounce. Ashan Wu. Oh, he's sitting at a thousand to one to win. Oh, so I, I, I think, I think Dylan Wu, well, you could get it like plus two hundred top Wu slash U. You, you know.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they got to create that market. I think clearly. They do. Um, I do think if they do, you know, a lot of the books have the nationality bets um, uh, I would look at at Ludvig as uh yeah top yeah, Scandinavian top, top Scandinavian Sweden yeah
2: yeah Sweden if you don't if you don't like uh, Vic Hovland cuz I think he's the the other kind of main competition there but that that was a good one that's been a good one for a couple weeks now even as even if it's juiced to, like, you know, not this event, but even if it's juiced to, like, minus 120 or minus 130 okay. or something, still a good bet. Yeah.
0: All right. It's got us open. Should be a good one, and we'll uh, lead into the last major of the year. It's kind of sad, but it's a good two-week run. Like you said, a lot of morning golf. There's nothing better than uh, next week, 4 a.m., getting a, getting some coffee, getting on Twitter. At an insane time in the morning, and just it, it's just nothing, there's nothing quite like the open championship. So, I cannot wait for that. Uh, Johnny, thanks for coming on after such a long, arduous day of yard work. Uh, yeah. the, the, the dedication is appreciated.
2: Yeah, these, these hands are just torn apart right now, but I, I, I do it for the people.
0: You got to take care of those hands the next, the next couple of weeks. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, gotta soak them or something. I don't know. Uh just don't let Pat Fitzgerald get to him. Man, um <laughs> sorry, sorry, Pat. Uh all right, catch this episode on YouTube. Uh um, we've put our, our, yeah, our episodes up on YouTube, uh, Spotify and Apple, and we'll have our best bets out for the Scottish Open later in the week. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.